Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dashius, founder of Dashius Facilities Management. Hey, everybody, this is Eddie Dasius. We have a great show for you today. This episode is brought to you by Dasius Facilities Management. Dasius Facilities Management, they will manage your property, commercial property, church, your building, your school, with a variety of services, cleaning, vendor management, construction. Call them now, 617-237-0106, or go online at dasisfm.com, dasisfm.com. We have a great guest for you. Her name is Kernia Cassius. She's the youth leader of the Free Pentecostal Church of God. Hey, Kernia, how are you today? I'm good, Eddie. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. This is our ninth episode. So what can you tell us about you? Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on this platform this evening. Um, It's an honor. So thank you for choosing me. Yeah. So for all the listeners, my name is Kernia Cassius. Um, I am a daughter of two immigrant parents. I am the oldest of three children. I have a brother and a sister. Um, I have my bachelor's in public health. I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in public health. Um, Like Eddie just said, I serve as youth leader, youth president at my church, um, which is the Free Pentecostal Church of God, which is under the leadership of Pastor Jean and Lady Caitlin Lewis. Um, I love to travel. I love to try new foods. I am a foodie at heart. Um, And I also just overall love having a great time with great people, friends, family. I am a strong believer that God is not looking for perfection, but progression. So that's something that, that keeps me going every day. Oh, wow. I like I like that. I like that. So, so let's let's go deeper. So parents, Haitian, can yeah. you talk about them a little bit? Oh, my goodness. My parents, they are a headache. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I love my parents. I love them. Um, they are as support- supportive as they can be. Um, they are heavily rooted in faith in God. And I really appreciate that because although they may have came to this country with not much, what they have instructed myself and my siblings um, has been very beneficial and I truly love the fact that they're faith-based and that they truly value God in their lives so I love that and I love how they brought us up with that as like a foundation for me and my siblings yeah oh well said well said so one thing I I, I like in ZP podcast is a platform where we talk about your calling but to understand somebody's calling you need to go to the background so how was it for you growing up in in a haitian household in in the u.s okay growing up in a haitian household like every haitian (laughs) child knows l'école l'église la caille 
that was literally it. And believe it or not, I feel like those three things really formed me. They are really like the foundation of who I am. Um, Education is so important to me. Church, church family, ministry, so important. Lack of family, just like learning about how family is like your first ministry is so key. And even though I may not have a family of my own, I'm trying to teach myself to understand like my parents, my siblings come first and I can't put anyone before them. If they need my help, if they need me, I try to make myself as available as possible to be there for them to be of support. Okay. Um, Wow. Yeah. So you have a brother and a sister, right? Yes, I do. Can you share the fight? <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> I mean, what? Share, like, give us some detail. I know you don't have to go deeper, but um, you know. Yeah. Okay, I feel like every sibling fight. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter the age gap. We always fight. My brother and I used to fight a lot when we were younger, but then we're only two years apart. So as we got older, um, we related a lot and, you know, we were always there for one another. And he ended up, you know, being my best friend and my sister and I were seven years apart. So that's a huge age gap. So there was a lot of tension, a lot of um, budding heads. <laughs> um, so we, we did not get along growing up. But now if anything happens in my life, no matter what it is, she's one of the first people that I go to to say, guess what just happened to me? So um, we came a long way. And I can say God definitely did that because there were times where I went to God, my like, God, this is just not working out for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but we came a long way and we've definitely gotten closer um, as we both get older. So, yeah. So can you touch on what changed when you were younger with your brother and then now you guys all mature? Yeah, yeah, definitely maturity. Okay. And just understanding one another and how we think and how we do things. We're very different, but we're similar at the same time. So I think just looking past the flaws and just truly saying like, this is my only brother. Like it's, it's a blessing. And he's so protective over me and my sister, even though he's the middle child, <laughs> you would think he's the oldest, oh, the way yeah. he hold, comports himself. Yeah. So I really value that. And he always makes sure that, you know, we're good as his sisters, that we we're never in need. And if we do need, like if we ask him for anything, he's always there for us. So definitely maturity, communication, and just understanding like, you know, everyone's personalities, characteristics, and you know, just trying to be there for one another. No, that's that's, that's very very good insight. And like I said, I have sisters too. Fighting is the nature of it. I'm the youngest. I get it. But um, yeah, the same way you said it, sometimes they think I'm the oldest because of the way I teach you all to kind of take care of everybody. Can you talk about your parents? So I don't know if you have, uh, can you go on their background when they came here or was it for them? Okay. My parents, I know my mom is from Port-au-Prince and my dad is from Quadebuque. Okay. I don't know exactly. I don't remember when they came okay. I my dad came here first they got married in Haiti okay um, and then wow. my dad came here first yeah and I think around 1980s 
my dad came and then my mom came early 1990s. And, you know, my dad did the best that he could. He he found a job. He found a place. He just made sure that everything was ready and prepared for my mom who was coming. And um, he helped her get established in this country. So, you know, it's, it's interesting when I hear the stories of how my dad like survived here on his own. It's, wow. it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's crazy. And you would think like, you know, Haitian parents, you you would think that, you know, they don't know certain things, but you'd be surprised about at the amount of things like our parents know yeah, they do. in this country. Yeah. That's just all I can remember at this moment. I don't remember much. No. Nah. You know, when Haitian parents talk, they go on oh, and on. So you just tune them out after a while. No, no. It's hard to keep up because they go in and out. You need to have the old pictures to kind of follow them. And yeah. it makes sense because there are so much they enjoy. So I, mm. I understand that. But let's talk about your education. So from Boston... So where, where did you go to school? So um, I live in Milton. So I went to all like elementary school, middle school, high school, all in Milton. Okay. Um, and then for my for college, I went undergrad. I went to um, Regis College. Um, I stayed on campus. Hmm. The best four years of my life. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. All right. Wait, 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 wait. So let's talk about it. I know because <laughs> college life is great for some, but some people will say wasn't that great. Yeah. Of, can you touch about yeah. what happened for you? What did you experience? Yeah, sure. Um, so college really opened my eyes to life. Okay. I realized that I was very sheltered mm. and I did not know much about like real world stuff. Okay. And that can contribute, that could be contributed from my parents just you know, Leco Ligis Vakai. That's all I knew. Yeah. So that's all, you know, I was around. So going to college, living on campus, I was scared. I was nervous. I thought I wouldn't like it, but I really, I feel like I found my footing there. Wow. Living on campus really, first and foremost, it will show you where you are in your faith. One, two, how you perceive the world and how you see people. And you will learn a lot, a lot, a lot um, on campus, just with the various people that you meet, um, the things that you experience, how you deal with stress, mm. um, how you deal with negativity, like negative news. Um, so it really, like, like I said, it opened my eyes and nothing in life. I, I don't regret anything in life because everything is purposed. Um, but I really feel like it was an experience that I needed to go through to be the person that I am today. Wow. So we have a, our eighth episode will be um, available tomorrow. And Samina Estev, she was talking, she's a physical therapist and she was talking about college adventure, kind of help her embrace who she is, get out of her comfort zone and then try to embrace life. Do you know what happened exactly? Like, can you take us there in, in detail what exactly happened? 
in your first year in college? First year in college. Oh my goodness. Um, it was interesting. So I, it was never easy for me to, you know, make friends just throughout my life just because I was always a shy, timid girl. Um, so it was a little difficult for me to make friends in college. My roommate Thank God she was Haitian, so we had that in common. So we would hang out a lot, we talk, and we became really great friends. Our parents got to know each other, so that was cool too. Um, and it's funny, my roommate's mom used to work with my mom at one of her old jobs. So it's 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 so interesting how God is in every detail because this is such a new season, a, an uncomfortable place for me. Yep. And there was just some sort of comfortability with like, oh, my mom knows your mom. Okay, that's good. That's not too far off. Yeah. Um. So with that, um, just getting to know her, just trying to be friends, getting to know my um, neighbors in the dorm rooms. And I decided to come out of my comfort zone even more and um, join a club. Um, I joined the step team wow. and the Black Student Union. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I love the step team. It really pushed me out of my comfort zone. It really did. Um, I was also uh, during that time I was in the dance ministry at church. So being on the step team was somewhat similar, yeah. but also different. And I got to meet new girls, um, just met new people, performed with them during shows, etc. There was, I think it was the first Thursday. So in, on, in college, on campus, there's this thing called Thirsty Thursday, where every Thursday night there's a party okay. or some sort of like a wave, what they call it. Um, and people are like, you know, drinking or, you know, whatever they do, college people, what they do. And so the step team was hosting up the party as a fundraiser, I think to buy uniform for an upcoming show that we had. And it was at that moment I had to like, I was questioning myself. I'm like, I've never been to a party before. That's, this is not how yeah, I my know. parents raised me. Like, should I go? And then the, the the attire the girls were wearing, you know, it was very like, you know, like yeah. provocative and showing off. I'm like, this is not me. I know. What should I do? And at that moment, I was fighting between being true to myself or what I thought was myself or just trying to fit in and just going with the flow. Yeah. So at that time, yeah, I was 18. I was 18. So I'm like trying to figure out like, what should I do? What should I do? I don't want to be that girl that people say, oh, like she's a Christian. She doesn't do certain things. She can't go to a party. What's wrong with the party, etc." But then I also wanted, I wanted to, you know, be a part and just try to fit in as much as I can so that I can make more friends to the point where I asked my dad to bring me to the mall and I bought an outfit for the party. So I went to the party and when I got there, I did not have fun. Wow. Yeah, it was. What happened? It just wasn't my scene. Wow. I I went. I stayed up as much as I can. I didn't do anything. I was just trying to like get in the groove of everything, but it just was not it. So I left. <laughs> and I think at that moment, that's when I knew like I don't need to conform myself to the world's standard. 
Like, I don't need to try to fit in to please people of this world, but to be true to who God created me to be, who God called me to be. And there are certain places that, you know, certain people can go, certain Christians can go. But for me, you know, your salvation is personal. Your relationship with God is personal. So at that moment, that just wasn't a place for me to be at. So once I realized that, I told the director I had to go and then I left. And I wow. went back to my room wow. and I watched Netflix. So, <laughs> so I know there should be you you probably were like like you said kind of confused but yeah. did you pray or was it you in a conversation with yourself? It was just me in conversation with myself. Me in conversation with myself. It was from the beginning, you know, even when I was contemplating whether I should go or not, I feel like that's already like the answer. If I'm confused, it's like if I'm conflicted, then that should already be like a key to say, yeah, maybe I shouldn't go okay. because I've never gone to a party like that before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, no, like, I, no, I understand. Yeah. But um, so college. So did you play any sport at all? No. Oh no, I don't. No. <laughs> Tennis, no, nothing. No, no, no sport. Why not? Why not? I'm just not the athletic type. That's just not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was so what was your hobby in high school? In high school, let me see. I liked art. I love okay. to draw. Yeah, I haven't drawn in a long time, but art was a great hobby of mine. Um, I liked. I liked um, taking pictures, like photography, okay. videos. Um, I did a lot of that in high school. All right. So you graduate from Regis College. And yeah. what happened next? Oh, what happened next? Well, graduated from college. Everyone is so proud of you. And then they're like, they're asking you, oh, what? Okay, what's next? <laughs> what's next? I'm like. I just graduated yesterday. What do you mean? What's next? Can I enjoy my vacation just a little bit? Um, so after after college, I was just looking for a job wherever okay. they can get me. And it was hard. Oh my goodness. It was so hard finding a job. See, I graduated in May. I didn't start. I had a job, like a retail job. It, yeah. wasn't, a, it wasn't anything serious, but I wanted a real job. But I, I applied, applied, um, rejected so many times. It came to a point where I just quit my retail job because I was sick and tired of it. I applied for like a temp agency that got me little jobs here and there. They weren't necessarily like um, full-time jobs, part-time. Um, and at that moment, I, I struggled a lot with my mental health and stress to the point where it was affecting my actual health. So that was a very dark time for me. But that was a time where I seeked God the most. So, so. do you want to share all did you get out of it? Because um, we yeah. had um, we had, uh, Rebecca came and she was talking about but all uh, like mental health can affect people. Like, I don't know if you want to share. Yeah, sure. So at that time, I couldn't find a job. And my mom and, and you know, Haitians, they, they try to be supportive, but their supportive is not supportive at all. Yeah. So, um, I, in college, I graduated with my bachelor's in public health. My parents have never heard of public health before. All they knew is nursing. 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 I know. Um, hey. Shout out to all my nurses. Y'all are the <laughs> best. You guys are awesome. For real. Um, 
So beginning of college, I my intended major was nursing, um, but then I ended up changing my major just because the classes were a little too difficult for me and it was affecting my um, academics. So I switched to public health, which is not too far from nursing, but it's just not um, too direct. It's more broad and general. Um, so I graduated with my bachelor's in public health and I could not find a job for the life of me in the public health field. At the time, I did not know public health it's all about connections. You need to network. You need to know people to get into the field. So I'm applying for jobs, applying, nothing. My mom is in one ear. Oh, if you did nursing, you wouldn't be struggling this much. If you want to go back to school for nursing right now, I will pay for you, blah, blah, blah. And I, wow. Was, wow. it was just not, it was not encouraging. It, it like affected me mentally. Okay. Um, and I really had to go to God. And I'm like, God, and I had to pray. Oh my God, I find so much passion and so much like fire in my heart for public health. Okay. There's a reason why, you know, I studied public health. I did so well in school. Why is it so hard for me to get a job? Like, I need your help. I need your assistance. Um, so during that time, as I wasn't working that much, you know, I really had to pray. I really had to, like, you know, read my word. Um, all I listened to was gospel music to just really try to get my, you know, just get my mind yeah. in a better place. Spirit. Yeah, spirit, right. yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had a friend um, who was working at a, who recently got a job because she was in the same boat as me. Okay. And she worked at an um, eye clinic, an optometry office. Uh -oh. And um, she recently got that job. And then I asked her, like, if they were hiring, like, I would apply. And she spoke to her boss. I applied and I got the job. I believe wow. like January, okay. February of the next year. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 really really an amazing story. And but the part I like about it is where you said you were like struggling and you were you went to God for answers. Yeah, I but, had to. Yep, and I think too. And we had um, Chloe Lucy. She's a producer. And in her episode, she was saying networking is is the key. Mm -hmm. A lot, uh, a lot of the time, if you can network, it will be easier because people talk to each other and then yeah. they, we come in. Yep. But um, you you said something that's very interesting when you said Haitian parents are not that they are supportive, but they're not that supportive. Yeah. Can you can you go deeper on that? <laughs> sure. Um, they they do the best they can. And application parents, they are aggressive without yeah. knowing that they're aggressive. And they want the best for their children. I get that. But they fail to understand there's a way that you need to speak to your children. Yeah. How you may speak to one child is not the same way you speak to another child. So me being the first in my family to get my bachelor's degree yeah. and to complete college itself, yeah. like, you know, it's a lot of pressure. Yep. It's a yeah. lot of pressure. My siblings are looking at me and my successes and my failures and learning from that. And I just felt like there was just so much weight on me. 
So for my parents, I know they want the best for me. And, you know, there's only so much that they know. All they all they know is nursing, uh, lawyer, doctor, <laughs> engineer, doctor. because they know that yeah, those yeah. are the fields, the professions that quote unquote make money. They do make money. But yes. anyway, there are other fields that are just as important. So Haitian parents, they they fail to realize like everyone, everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own journey. Yep. And it's important to like support and to back your child in whatever journey yep. that they're going on. It may not be the journey that you may have wanted for them, but nonetheless, just be there and just try to encourage and like, you know, say like some nice and kind words and the tone. The tone is everything. It's not what you say, but how you say it. So I'm just like, if my mom was like, you know, what do you think about the nursing? Do you still want to do that? Or is that just not something you want to pursue? Like, you know, how she, how, how she spoke to me could have really made a difference. But it was more so like, if you did nursing, you wouldn't be in this position. How do you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Quick question. Do, do, yeah. do you think fear might be the reason they acting like that because they they not they're afraid that their their child fail. Yeah, they went to college. They want them to succeed. It could be fear too. It could be fear because they you know they don't want their kids to fail. Yeah. And I get that. I understand that. Um, like who would want their kid to fail? Go through four years of college. college. Your loans are up to yeah. here. Yeah. And you know all that money. You don't want it to be something that you wasted. I completely yeah. understood that. I understand it. But like I said, it's not what you say. It's how, how you say it. No, that's that. And I had Brenda Lawmail. Yeah, it's the yeah. same situation. She said yeah. yes. Parents are tough. But um, before we leave that subject, can we talk about your relationship with your dad? Because I heard and I know Haitian dad are very, very jealous for their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fuesego? I don't know. Uh, okay. You don't know? <laughs> um my dad um it's funny you asked that question actually because god really had to check me with my relationship with my father okay. um my father has been in my life all my life um he was very he's very present um but i did struggle with the active part of okay. a father being in their daughter's lives and you know it's not necessarily you know, God helped me understand that it's not his fault just because his dad wasn't in his life. So he did not necessarily have a model, model. To follow for his kids. Yep. God taught me and is teaching me continuously to give grace and to teach my dad how to, you know, talk to me, how to treat me, how to love on me. Because Haitian men are not, you know, they're not. Mm, as I know affectionate as oh Jesus women <laughs> from my experience my experience yeah. I'm not gonna no, do it's it's true <laughs> for everybody and a lot of people I know they say the same thing but yeah. that's something we we working on but go ahead yeah. 
So like I have, I had to really understand like, you know, my dad did not have that example. He grew up with his mom. So it's a constant teaching process and a learning process. Like, like if I'm getting dressed up, like, daddy, how do I look? Although I may, I may want him to act, to say, oh, you look beautiful without me asking, how do I look? But, you know, just trying to like, like baby steps, like, daddy, what do you think? You know, there are certain comments he says, I'm just like, <laughs> okay, like I should have just kept it pushing. But um, we came a long way. We came a long way. Um, we're communicating more and just trying to, like I said, practice grace. And I realized that we're so, we're more similar than I thought. So yep. certain actions or things that he says, I understand because that's something that I would do myself. So I try not to take it too personal. Wow. That's and I'm like, okay, just like reel it back. Okay, daddy, how do you really feel? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. Nah, it's good. Wow. No, that, that's that's really good. That's great insight. This is in. That's one thing I like about um, the DP podcast live. It's we we hearing things that we never had a chance to talk about, yeah. and people will learn from that. Why public health? Why, why public, public health? health? Public health. Well, why I chose public health back in college is because at the time I thought. You know, maybe nursing isn't working out for me right now. If I do public health, you know, I won't be so far off with nursing. I will still have to take the same prereqs. And then when I go back into nursing, you know, I'll have, I won't have to take extra classes. Like I'll be, I'll be good. Um, but as I was officially in the field and taking the classes, I just loved it so much. Although I'm not help, I may not be helping people one-on-one -on -one and giving direct care. I knew that I wanted to help people anyway. Okay. Um, and public health, I love it because it's for the people. It's just trying to promote healthy living, healthier lifestyle for those who are living with disparities and in disparities. Wow. Um, and I learned that public health, it thrives off of minority populations that are struggling. And me being a minority, being yep. black, being Haitian, being a woman, like, I'm like, why not help people that look like me and, you know, push and encourage and motivate and educate them on, you know, the, the blessings that this country has to offer. So... That's why I love it. That's your calling, definitely. So t take us to your first job and your first couple weeks, couple months. What was your confidence level? My first job. Um, so my first job was the eye clinic. Um, my confidence level, it was it wasn't high because it wasn't necessarily public health. Okay. Um, but I was proud of myself and I was very grateful that God, you know, blessed me with that job. Um, it was my first big girl job, I call it. Um, so I really felt like, you know, I got my footing from that job. Um, I learned about like finances. I made great friends from that job, lifelong friends, even though we may not work together anymore. Okay. But here and there, we, we stay in contact with one another, um, use each other as references. Um, so it was great, it was great. Um, 
yeah, it was just, I felt like I, I, I finally made it in adulthood, even though at that time it was not adulthood <laughs> at all. <laughs> I know. But, um, you know, I was paying off bills, my loans. It was, it was hard to get adjusted. Cause then I realized when summer came, I didn't have summer vacation anymore. I had to work. Yep. So I was, <laughs> it was a hard reality. Okay. <laughs> wow. But I got. I, used- I never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so used to having summer vacation. So when oh, you came, I'm like, okay, so oh, we're gonna keep working. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> like I didn't know there was no break. But after a while, you know, that job, the environment was very toxic. Okay. Um, I ended up leaving. I ended up leaving, I think, in end of July. End of July, I ended up leaving. And God taught me a serious lesson about obedience and waiting on his word. So long story short, um, my, the boss that hired me, they let her go because they wanted to promote someone else. Promote, I think, the secretary or I don't remember exactly what she was to uh, manager. Okay. So they let my the, my my manager that hired me, they let her go and she had another job. And in that job, she reached out to me and told me that it's way better than the current position that I'm in and it paid more. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So then um, I applied. No, I don't even think I applied for the position. All I did was send a resume to her and she offered me the job. And so then I gave my two week notice to um, the new manager at my current job. Yep, yep. And my friend who was who got me the job also gave her two weeks too. So we both quit Wait, Wow. the same week. So then we both went to the our hiring manager's other job that she hired us at. And once we stepped foot in that place, that was um, a dental office. Once we stepped foot, there was just so, um, so much like um, obstacles that we were wow. facing left and right, right, left and right. Either we didn't look like we were enjoying the job okay or we weren't operating at a level that they wanted us to operate at which was weird and crazy because we're new so we're trying to learn everything on the job but i guess not at the pace that they want they may have wanted us to understand that long story short the big boss was not having it what yep and then we had a meeting with the manager that hired me again and then she had to let me go what yeah <laughs> Whoa. really yeah i'm laughing at it now but at that moment i was yes i understand uh, i think everybody can relate to that but we've been there that one was hard that one was a hard one because i was i thought to myself I, I don't know how I did this to myself. I listened, instead of listening to the voice of God, I listened to people. People, yes. And I followed the money and I didn't consult God and ask him, God, is this the right move for me? So wow. second time, second time, it's around the same season as the year before when I was trying to look for a job after oh, school. Yeah. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. Back to square I, one. We're back to square one. Exactly. I was depressed, like to the point where I would not even wake up. Like 
get up from my bed. I would stay in bed all day, barely eat, applying for jobs, going to interviews, nothing. 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 Oh my I think the second time was worse. And it's it's crazy when you when you God will put you in a class and if you don't pass the class, you're gonna have to repeat it. Repeat it. And if you repeat the class, it's worse than the first time. So it was from that moment where I've learned to never move forward until God says go and ask for multiple confirmations before before saying, Okay, I'm gonna do this. Like, no, go to God, pray. See if this is what God wants for you before you even make a decision on whether you should take the opportunity or not. Consult God. Wait until he says yes and go. If he doesn't say anything, then don't move. Don't move. Stay in your position until he says go or say, wait, I have something better in store for you. Uh, this is, and I, I like what I'm hearing and because this is part of me too. I'm, I made the same mistake, mm. but at the end yeah. of the day, what you said is true. You better pass the class because if you don't pass, it will be it will get harder. Yeah, harder for you. So now you're the youth leader yes. of the Free Pentecostal Church of God. So yeah. can you take us to that journey? Sure. Um. So I've been I've been a youth leader at FPCG for a few years now. I think since. 2012 2013 but i was the secretary um up until 2018 7 18 2013 2018 i was youth secretary um and i love that position i loved it um in 2018 i was promoted to co-president um so that was interesting I'm the type of person I, I like to be in the background. I, I thrive in the background. I like no one to see me. No one needs to know like what I'm doing. Like I, I'll help administrative wise. Like that's one of my gifts. I'll help in the back. I will organize. I will plan. I will talk to people that you want me to talk to. Like I will facilitate things. But me being in the foreground, being up front and in personal i hide <laughs> so it's interesting how god works because he has a funny sense of humor it's not <laughs> funny like? at all it's I not know, funny. um so i got promoted to co-president and um it was a little challenging for me because like i said before i'm i grew up as a shy timid girl i don't like the spotlight yeah. at all um but for some reason, God has always put me in the spotlight, always. So I think that was those were like building blocks to build up my confidence. Yep. Um, so 2019, 2019 in November, I was officially promoted to youth president and it was the scariest thing <laughs> in my life. <laughs> wow, why? Because I'm not the type of person to give orders or direction. And I I also have a lot of like, you know, insecurities. And I felt like me being in that position really heightened that and really exposed my insecurity in myself. Okay. In my confidence in like the people I'm around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's just more of like a me thing and... It's something that God is working on me to this day. Because right now, you can see, it's about, it's almost two years that I've been youth president. And there are times where I'm just like, God, <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Like, 
it's me. Even though God has confirmed it, it confirmed with me that it that yeah, I that, that. I should be president. He has confirmed it multiple times. But then there are like moments of doubt, moments of like, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. are you sure? Like, are you sure it's not someone else that should be doing this? I can help them. Like, you know, I can help them. But then God reminded me of the story of Moses. Yep. Because, you know, Moses had a, a speech, issue, speech issue. He was insecure yep. about that. And doesn't matter, you know, what insecurity Moses had. But God, God, him. God called him. God equipped him. God encouraged him. God, you know, everything that Moses needed for his time in ministry, he already had it. He just didn't know he had it. Yep. And God is God. Same thing with Moses. Like God had to tell me, like everything you need, you know, you have. I provided that for you. You just need to trust me. You just need to be sure that I have your back. That I got you. Yes. So that's just what I'm standing on. And I was telling a friend today. I was telling them, like, you know, the other day I was. I told God, I'm like, God, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> I don't want it. And God said. God told me, he's like, people didn't place you in this position. I did. So you're not leaving until I say you're done. I'm like, okay, Flem, thank you. (laughs) Like, thanks. I know. know. (laughs) Can you share with us some challenges you encounter in that role? Some challenges that I encounter, and it's not like a personal thing. It starts with myself. And a challenge that I realize is that I'm facing right now is discipline, time management, and preparation. So as a leader, as the president, you know, they're my team in the ministry, you know, they're usually waiting for me to give the go ahead for certain things. And because I feel like I'm de- I am juggling so many things at this moment, it's it, it's hard to manage everything and to fully give my 100% yes. at all times. So there are times where I, you know, there are times where I drop the ball and I know I dropped the ball and I apologize and I just try to like, you know, move forward and just try to be better for the next time and be more prepared and be and use my time wisely yep. instead of just doing, watching Netflix. That's something I love to do. <laughs> um, so that's just a challenge that I face right now. And it's not with anyone else. It's just with myself. Uh, yeah. It's something that I need to work on for myself so that I can help improve my team because it starts from the head. So I can't expect my team to to be productive or I can't expect the, the youth to be productive in the things that they're doing in life if I'm not being productive yeah, with yeah. myself. Definitely. Definitely. So it starts from me. So um, that, that's just a few challenge that I facing at this moment as uh, president yeah so what what's your goal for the youth where do you want to take them that's a great question where do i want to take them i want the youth to be at a point where they are just so sure and they can stand firm on their relationship with god Mm. Um, because it's it's a personal thing and it's a decision. For me, what started my relationship with God, I struggled with anxiety growing up. So I realized when I'm in troubled times, that's when I, I mean, in fact, that's everyone. 
but that's when I go to God the most. And that's where I'm learning more about God and learning more about his word and the things that he's asking for me. So for the youth, I want them to really want that strong relationship with God, because when you have that strong relationship with God, you'll be able to recognize his voice. You'll be able to, to you know, rec- to be able to discern his spirit, you know, when people are, you know, speaking to them. or they're at an event or at like a church service or whatever, that they're able to be sensitive to the spirit of God and to be aware of, you know, the mighty move. And not only that, but to also be doers of the word, right? Because sometimes we hear the word, you know, we're taught the word, but we don't apply it to our lives. Don't apply it. No, definitely. Definitely what you say makes a lot of sense. So now we're gonna, we're gonna turn to hot topics. Okay. Topics. So hot topics is a segment where we talk about things that people don't have a chance to talk and to bring. So you being a youth leader and at the Free Pentecostal Church of God. Yeah. So now my question is so what do you think like youth and older people they don't see eye to eye in the ministry mm, yeah <laughs> um that's that's a great question <laughs> um i feel like the older generation they are stuck in their ways they are i feel like they're so used to culture and so used to routine okay and the younger generation we, I feel like we're more progressive. We are able to adjust to the times because times are changing. Like, although, you know, we may be the same people, but like the youth ministry itself now is not the same ministry as it was last year, as it was a year ago. And so as young people, we are able to adjust. We're able to adapt a little faster than the older generation and because of that i feel like we butt heads a lot when it comes to ministry and when it comes to the word of god right so there's certain things in the bible that you know god could be speaking in a parable but we could find two different meanings from that passage and it shouldn't be like that because you know the word of god is the same yesterday today and forever so there's a lot of like i think it's like different mindsets okay perspectives on life that just causes the friction when it comes to youth and adults so how can we change that i think to change it's just being more open-minded um being more open to hearing what the adults have to say because granted they have been in L'Evangile ministry for years. There are certain things that, you know, they know, but doesn't necessarily mean that what they know is right. And as us who are growing up, who are just trying to learn and try to understand God, um, you know, there are times where we can sit down with the older, with the adults and learn from them and learn from their experiences and learn from what, from the wisdom that they have, right? And then also just trying for the adults to also listen to the younger adults and try to understand like, okay, their point of view and how they see the world and how they see, how they view God and just trying to find like a middle ground that'll work with both generations. So, so when, what I can add to this is, so youth, they doing their own thing, adult or younger, um, older people, they do their own activities, but there's not, an activity where both 
are integrated or both are leading it, but everybody do their own thing. So the reason I'm talking about this is because I hear it. Okay, the youth is the future. But if the if the youth for the future, they need to learn it from from the older people. So there will be a learn, like there will be some some something missing if there's no transition. I don't know if you, what what I what I'm saying makes sense. Where how can we change this because the youth should be the future, but they need to learn it from the older people. I think it's just going back to just trying to find a middle ground when it comes to ministry and also the both parties just being open to hearing one another because like you said like the older adults there are there's wisdom that they know there are experiences that they have that we haven't experienced that we haven't gone through so it's just more so creating a space where the adults can have a sit down with the youth and just share you know things that they've gone through share the revelations that god has given to them but oftentimes the young the old, the adults you know they what they want is for the youth to be like them and that's not going to happen that's not yeah. going to happen and they they really don't give room to authenticity and they don't yeah. give room to originality like the the bible says that you know the body of Christ is made out of parts all the parts are working together but each part has their function each part has their purpose and you know the part of the face you can't have um you know there's ears eyes yeah. mouth although their purpose is different they all work together to together. ensure that the face is functioning the way that it needs to so for It's the, like I cannot decide to hear with my hands. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I feel like the adults, they don't really give room for personality. They don't really give room for for the young people to be themselves, to be using their characteristics to worship, to minister, to be used by God. You know what I mean? I have, um, for example, like rap right a lot of these young people they like to listen to rap they like to listen to you know artists that rap about things that they that they like and you can use that as a platform to draw people closer to god it's the message that you are relaying to the people yeah. right and the older adults when they hear that and it could be the way that they were brought up and like their culture <laughs> that You know, when they hear rap, it's probably not even it's not even um, something that they want to listen to because that's not in their eyes or in their ears. That's not something that is good yeah. or something that produces anything good. So I feel a like a lot of people will will disagree with you on that, and I understand why. But I understand your your point of view too because it's two different generation. Yeah. The, can, do you think the middle ground can be God? should be God. It should be God. Okay. It should Because be Because I feel like the the best middle ground we can have is God, but what you said made a lot of sense and I, I appreciate you bringing this into the discussion because that's something I always hear youth when I like in my church native same thing yeah older people they don't like the youth youth they don't go to the older people for advice so that's always the same thing 
yeah there's like i said there needs to be like the willingness and the open like mindset of just meeting meeting each other halfway and just trying to understand each other from different perspectives but the older adults they have this persona where you know they know more so what they say is what goes yes like you can't challenge them or they'll or you're disrespecting them you know what i mean so there's there's not much of a space where the youth can you know genuinely ask questions or be themselves and ask for biblical references because then they're going to think you're you're fricker. So Yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. So yeah. this is something you're going to have to, and I think you're dealing with, but what's your what's your plan to tackle this this issue? What's my plan? Prayer. <laughs> yep. Prayer, um, just being patient and just trying to not write off the adults because that's how they grew up. That's what they know. But giving grace and teaching them, no, you know, what you're saying may not be right. Here is, you know, biblical reference. Here is what the Bible says, this, this, this. Just trying to say in like a, you know, easy and a soft tone. So you're, I'm not coming off as rude. And just also just trying, be an example also for the youth. Because at the end of the day, people are watching me. They're, they're using me as an example. So just trying to be that model of trying to bridge that gap and trying to have that middle ground with the adults. Because even my mom, lately we've been butting heads a lot because yep. we see scripture differently. We see ministry differently. And uh, she's at a point, we're at a point where in her mind, because I'm her daughter, I have to agree with everything that she says. But with my walk with God, and this is why I want the youth to really have that firm foundation with God, because with my walk with God, God is revealing me what exactly he's talking about in scripture. And I have to teach my mom and tell my mom, no, mommy, here's what this verse is saying. Here's the context of this verse. Here's why it was said yeah. um, in this manner. We're in a di- we're in an age of technology. We have Google at our tip of the fingers, like research, do research, find out why was this verse written the way that it was written. Get context. And then, you know, educate, teach. No, definitely. Great insight. But last thing I can add to is is if you get your dad to come around with you now, so I think you can have the (laughs) the older people to to be on on the same page. So now... I like to leave the last part for fun stuff. So I, you said you like traveling. Yeah. So can you talk about lately the travel where you've been? Yeah. Um. So I've traveled to two months ago. I went to Miami um, for a girls trip. That was very fun. Um, I think it was the first trip outside of COVID. So okay. that was exciting. Um, I've been to Jamaica. That was really fun. It reminded me of Haiti so much. I loved it. Um, And I will be traveling in a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to that with my friends. So you've been to Haiti? Yeah, I have. Oh, wow. I I didn't know. So... So any... Your favorite food over there? Oh, my gosh. Everything. Everything's my favorite food. Just because it's fresh. You can tell the difference from food in Haiti and the food from here. It's not the same thing. Um, so I guess I would say my favorite is the free thai. I love free thai. Free thai. Yes. Yeah. Pickles um, too. 
Yes, I love pickles. I love pickles. No, that's a good. That's a good. Now that's good. Good stuff. Yeah. No, definitely. So we we got to the end of the this episode. This is mm-hmm. our ninth episode with Kernia Cassis. Thank you. So she is the leader of the. She's a youth leader of the Free Pentecostal Church of God. Uh, last word for you, Kenya. Um, just the same quote that I started with. God is not looking for perfection, but progression. As long as you try, as long as you put in effort, God will honor you for what you do. Um, yeah, that's just about it. Have fun, live life. Uh, thank you. So this is Divine Purpose Podcast with Eddie Dacius. This is our ninth episode. Stay tuned for more episodes. Every Wednesday, we have a new episode online on DP Podcast Live. Thank you for watching and see you guys soon. Thank you.